did not go to the Louvre. Yes, you're you're here with Bill and French Jean. French Jean. Hello, French Jean. How are you today? Hello, French Bill. I'm good. How are you? Today we'll be doing our entire podcast in terrible, terrible French accents. Tur- please turn to page 51. <laughs> my, my French wow. teacher just rolled over in her grave. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she died and then rolled over in her grave. So it's page 51 for those of you peasants well, who do I, I not read Le Ben Dessiné. Je le connais. No, that's not it. Je le connais. Yeah. No, I, that's okay. That's okay. That's, that's, that's a, I, sort of I understand it. Uh, isn't it. Doesn't that mean I understand that? Yeah. I, I sort of, je le sais, I know, and je le connais, which is I kind of know as a person. I was like, je ne sais. I like that. I Where you drop the pas, je ne sais. Like uh, on page 51, second strip. Oh, no, I was going to go the first All one. right, first strip. So uh, this is about the time my wife and I decided to start trying to eat organic food because our baby was uh, ingesting carcinogens. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just remember how terrible it was. How long did that last? Oh, not, long enough. not long enough, apparently. No, I remember there was, there was like a, a really, you, like things were labeled organic, but you couldn't tell what level of pesticides were in them. And there was like very little information out there at that point on like what you should eat organic and what you shouldn't eat And this might have been even before the organic thing got standardized. Is that what you mean? Well, I think I think it was just getting standardized, but it was like crazy. Like like you didn't you didn't know what like now you know like strawberries are really terrible if they're mm-hmm. sprayed with pesticides and peaches like so, kind of soft fruit, right? Yeah. But then you didn't. They, know. They're like sponges. Right. But I was like, do I have to pay like eight dollars for a pound of broccoli, or is that like okay? It turns out you don't because broccoli doesn't absorb a lot of that stuff. Doesn't need a lot of pesticides, right. right? Yeah. And things like bananas, like you're just tearing off the skin anyway, so it doesn't go in. No, no, man. You got to eat organic bananas. I don't have to do anything. I don't know if you know this, but they inject the pesticide directly into the banana. Nice. Yes. So that's, that's to keep it safe from all I the tarantulas. I saw them doing that when I was in Ecuador. From all the tarantulas that come in on the boats, the banana boats with them. Uh, so the second one, we got in a lot of trouble because we were making fun of people with hearing problems. And you know what? Did we get in trouble? Yeah, we did. And total, and absolutely correctly. Like, I'm a little embarrassed by this now. I, this was based it's, on... It's both funny and appalling. This is based on, based on an actual experience oh, I, I had with a coworker. Who who always always thought jokes like that were funny, <laughs> which I think which I think blinded me to it a little bit. And then so we got a complaint after that one, and then the next one, um, we we were writing them sort of more in real time in those days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so the next one is totally a response to the person who complained about us making fun of people with hearing problems. Why aren't we sort of lead them down the road of thinking when Dewey's once again making fun of? Why aren't I seeing the woman banging her head against the computer monitor? I think that would be fun. I don't know. You knew it. It's funny. Whatever's in your head is funnier than the guy can you, talk. You know, just struck me. Just struck me how old these computer monitors look now. Yeah. <laughs> like I really hadn't looked at one. Yeah. For a while. That's like that's like uh, Star Trek, the original series computer monitor, right? Yeah. In the future. So page fifty-two. Uh huh. You know, I believe we I started why. off not pointing out that we're we are doing a volume two of Unshelved. What would do we do? Oh, so thanks. In case you're reading the wrong book, now. That's right. You understand. That's right. That's right. I remember, I remember you being excited about the strip. You'd really, you'd look really smart carrying the first it around. Round. The first did, didn't you try that on someone once? I did. Yeah, I think it worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I like the, the idea of the kid puking in the. Uh, bed true back. story. Is it? Yep. Somebody tell you that? Yep. Really? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is not a true story on page fifty-three. No, but the I, think diaper, I, I think the I nailed that picture. I think you did using using uh, Ulysses. Did I tell I you? I assume James Joyce Ulysses. Did I tell you to use Ulysses? No, I believe that was my own. Is there another another version of Ulysses? Well, I'm thinking of the Odyssey, I the guess. Odyssey, yeah. yeah. Which is actually a, a fun book to read. Actually, yeah. Um, so Theo, my son, is they're reading in his literature class right now, and the particular translation uh, we went to buy it on Amazon, and they sent us the wrong translation because Amazon had collapsed all the all the various editions and translations <sighs> into one thing. So they sent us the wrong one. So we were kind of uh, he was in trouble because he needed to read it for class the next day. 
we had been a little behind on this one. And so my wife sent out an email to the neighborhood mailing list, and some guy, some neighbor said, oh, I have a copy of that translation. You can borrow it for a few days. If you have to be, like, it's a first edition, so be, you know, careful with it. And we went over and we picked it up um, from his wife, and then we returned it a few days ago and we finally got the right translation. And he said, this is my favorite book. I've read it seven times. Wow. Yeah. Wow. See, see, my BB had to read it last year okay. in, in her, her lit class, and um, she was kind of complaining about the language and everything else. And I don't know what translation. They were reading some horrific translation, mm -hmm. right? So I gave her the Gareth Hines version, the graphic novel. Oh, yeah. And she like just ate that up. It was yeah. great. Which so, I, somewhat abridged, though, the Gareth Hines version. Not, not, not too abridged, though. No, I mean, it's, 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 it's got all the plot points, though. No, no, it's, it's got... It's, <laughs> I think having no. all the plot points is not the same as not too No, but, but, but like, like, it's so good. And, like, mysteriously in my house, I was... Uh, my mother-in-law just passed away. I was looking at the books I'd given her over the years, and somehow I had give, I had, somebody had given me a Korean version of Gareth Hines' The Odyssey. <laughs> so my mother-in-law has read Gareth Hines' The Odyssey. I was like, wow, that is... I don't know how that fares in Korean. Like, that seems like a huge stretch, right, from, from, the, from the classic Greek, probably to English to Gareth like looking at different versions to put the graphic novel together mm -hmm. to painting it. Then for somebody taking the language Gareth used and trying to condense that into Korean that fit in the speech bubbles, I was like, that just seems like a truly bizarre task. And now someone ought to take uh, the Korean version of Korean, to translate the Korean version back to English and use that to recreate the original book. You think so? Yeah, you think that would be full good? circle. 53, uh, the second strip. I love the second strip. Um, yeah, that is sort of everything I know about libraries in a nutshell, isn't it? No, it's, it, it, it's, it's just weeding, man. Like, 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 it's so, weeding is the craziest thing to me. Like, like you want to be really, you want to have a system in place. You want to make sure that the books that should be there stay there. The books that shouldn't stay there don't stay there. But like the books that should stay there are kind of the classics, right? So that number should be growing. And everybody disagrees on it. So what happens is one person goes through a section and gets rid of everything they don't think is a classic. The next person goes through, and like if That's everybody went through, it would just be like stripped bare. Yeah. Like there was just there was no way in that process really to to have a check to, or to, to input even into the computer to say like this book needs to be kept because this author is local mm. and famous and whatever. And if between the person who pulled it off the shelf and the person who scanned it as just throwing it out of the collection, if neither of them knew that. There's no safety net. No, there was nothing. There's no, no. There's no right alarm. Well, the on. safety net is buying another book, but that yeah. seems like such a waste of time and money to go through that well, yeah. hole. Right? Yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. And then and then 53 on the bottom, uh, and going into the next page, starts the people counters. Uh, the library system I used to work for instituted people counters at one point. And I just remember, like, we would get these reports about the number of people who would come into the library, and, like, some of them would be one. Uh -huh. You know, for a while, or, or in this case, what is it? A four thousand something? Well, it's four thousand until until Merv, until Merv gets the, uh, or it's one until Merv gets the yo-yo there yeah. on 50, page fifty-four now. Yeah, but it just seemed like such a crazy thing to do to a library. I don't I don't know what they were going to do with that data, right? I mean, I suppose it's useful. How many people come in? You know, I mean, you, you, you it's do want to know if you do something with it. Well, but but it's like it's like there's got to be a better way to count the way people. What you want to have is a people counter on the main door and then a people counter on the bathroom. What I always thought was more interesting than the people counters was like where people went, like, like that whole. There's this whole, like. So you want a Big Brother esque total surveillance state? In I, I I don't, but there's a thing that like big retail companies do, which is they look at how people use the space, how mm -hmm. they walk into the space, what yeah. they approach, like how they move around the space. And libraries have such a problem with that, and they never do it because yeah. they're so averse to to taking video. And like you don't need to take video; you just need to have a computer that tracks kind of where people are going. You don't know who they are, right? It's fine, but I don't know. Do you know how Apple did this with the Apple stores? No. They built they built an Apple store in a warehouse. Oh, really? And then they just they basically did a series of focus groups where they had people come in and use it, and then they just watched them how they did it. And when Disney was having trouble with their Disney stores and Disney and 
uh, Apple are pretty tight because of Steve Jobs owning part of Disney. And so the chairman of Disney asked Steve, like, what should we do? And he said, you should build a sample store in a warehouse. And they're like, that's ridiculous. But they did it anyway. And, and afterwards, they're like, oh, yeah, that was totally the right thing to do. Huh. And apparently they fixed their problems. And what libraries do is they take, like, the craziest shaped building they can possibly get, and then they just throw up a maze of shelves. Kind of, they make no sense to anyone except for the person who's actually making the shelf layout. Yeah, but it's okay, because next year it'll be totally different layout. <laughs> well, maybe. We, well, we just got back from our trip, and our, our library is quite a bit different now. Oh, is it? Yeah. I'm in Stuff it. Stuff moved around. Right. I mean, you, I don't know that what, you would have noticed. Which library is that, Bill? The Columbia City Library. In what city? Seattle. Nice. Washington. Is it Seattle Public Library or Seattle Public Libraries, Bill? It is, it is the Seattle Public Library. Touche, my friend. All right. Touche. Page uh, 55. Yeah. Oh, so the top of page 55 um, in part begins a, a little foray into religion where we established that Mel is Catholic. And then we were going to have Buddy... She was going to be advising Buddy on his spiritual growth, but that was all cut dead by the by the what <laughs> by the by the monkey holding the Bible oh, uh, strip. Wow. Uh, and so we decided we decided that we would not be touching on religion ever again in our lives ever. Did I ever tell you my busload of nuns story? Uh, no. <laughs> so I was in. I was in. But the title of this episode of the like podcast that? is now busload busload of nuns. of nuns. I got on this bus. It was full of nuns. Korean nuns. I was. I was is in. Is there Korean. any more of the stories? I was in that? Korea. Well, they all just like, they all looked at, like there were like three English teachers on the front of the bus. We all got on, look, you kind of, when you, when you get on a bus and you're just expecting the normal cross-section of humanity and it's full of nuns. I, I tried to imagine this bus rolling through the city, like, like there's no way this bus didn't stop every two blocks, right? And like everybody who looked in there was probably like, oh, a busload of nuns, I'm not getting on that. <laughs> but we did get on it. I don't know what they made of that, right? And you survived to tell the tale. True story. Two stops later, they all got off. That's a great story. Leaving us, leaving us alone to luxuriate in this giant that empty a great bus. Story. Yes. Uh, top of page fifty-six. That's just still a great drawing of a, of a wait, mob. Wait, wait, wait. what? Fifty-six, we're, dude. Oh, we're we're skipping along. I, I was on fifty-five still. Right. Fifty-six, okay, fifty-six. I'm there. Fifty-six. I'm with you. A good mob scene. I in fact just watched Young Frankenstein the other day, which also has a great mob scene. Yeah, I never liked that. I movie. was channeling that. I never liked that film. Well, in that respect, my friend, you were wrong. In that respect, yeah. as in so many others. I want to like that film. Is Gilda Radner in that movie at all? No. Who's who's the who's the bride? Well, it's Madeline Kahn. He's engaged to. It's Madeline Kahn, and then Terry Gar is the one he eventually marries. Spoiler, eventually marries. Is there, there's two monsters. Inga. There's two brides. Well, there's there's Frankenstein, the the doctor, yeah. who is engaged to Madeline Kahn. Okay. But then she eventually marries. Spoiler: the monster. Spoiler? You think, you think that was fast enough? <laughs> I think no. It was a little late. It was a little ex post facto. It's not opening spoiler. in a theater near you soon. I think it's okay to okay. talk about. The, I don't know. There's, there's a whole new generation that needs to discover Young Frankenstein. I have to say, it didn't hold up so well on a really big TV. A really big TV, you can see how. Oh, make as much noise as you want. That's your squeaky table. I, I'm not the one squeaking it. It didn't hold up as well in like HD on a big screen as. So, Gene Wilder, you can see his, you can see his uh, facial. No, but you can just kind of see that it's just a series of bits huh. and stuff. I don't know. I, I, I still I, love that movie. It just never hung together for me. That's right. It doesn't really hang together. It's a series of bits. Yeah, that's why it didn't hang together. For okay. Me. I don't know. Fifty six bottom. Oh, just reminds me of the paranoid, kind of semi crazy dude who I really liked at our library again. Uh, who always thought I there was more than one, right? No, there was really only one that yeah. that would come up and like tell you the, the guy with the coke bottle glasses and the big duster mm -hmm. who I talked about before. Um, who just thought he was always under surveillance from somebody and under psychic attack. He never actually wore a tinfoil hat. He was bald, so I think the tinfoil would have really scratched the hell out of his head. So probably probably better that he Fair didn't. Un uh, we uh, we brought, we brought this guy back a few times. He ends up with a colander on his head. 
Maybe we could do a Kickstarter for a bald guy's tinfoil hat. There should be a tinfoil like bald cat. There's a, there's a market opportunity. I think so. All right. Wow. Page 56, seven. 57. In the middle. It's just me experimenting with how to put stuff in the background. And here it's a little sort of, it's fine lines, it's a little sketchy. Did you draw it with a big pen? I don't fill in Tamara's hair. I don't, I don't use any skin tone there. And now it just looks a little sketchy. Now it looks just like I forgot to finish drawing it or something. So that was not entirely successful. But I like the guy's comment. I like the guy uh, use, vandalizes the sign hmm. to make a little comment. Everyone should do that. Page 58. Uh, top one. I, I, I think I was recalling some kind of REM appearance at the Grammys where Michael Stipe kept taking his shirt off. Every shirt had a message. Uh, do you remember that, Bill? Are you a big fan of the Grammys? Uh, not of the Grammys, it, nor of Michael Stipe. It could have been a Video Music Awards. I'm not sure. Okay. Let In me that talk case, about, I definitely didn't see Let it. me talk about my recent trip to Athens, Georgia, the home of REM now. All right. Do you have anything to say about it? I walked around and saw... REM-related sites. Nice. Yes. Yes. Did you see that? Ned's not wearing a shirt, but he did shave the word free into his chest hair. I think it's the thing you could do. As Michael Stipe would. <laughs> As Michael Stipe would. What would Michael Stipe do? I don't know. We'll um, I really like the bottom, the strip on the page, bottom page 58. The mother and son? Well, not so much the mother and son, but that tomorrow's trying really hard, and there's no prize. <sighs> and she's, you know, she wants to know why, why has... Why has he even been reading if there's no prize? And Tamara says, enjoyment, knowledge, what else could you want? And then she goes away through pencil sharpener. Because Tamara can't really say no. So, so the, the, there's a day where the library system was, was like, like, like they, they have uh, summer reading prizes, right? Whatever they have. And then they're like, summer reading prizes are available until this day, September yeah. 10th. And on the 11th, you know, you're like, sorry. Those, and even, those even if you've got today. a box full of them, it doesn't matter? Well, it's, no, it's complete crap. Like, you just keep handing them out. Oh. Right, right? But you're supposed to say no. Okay. So you just keep handing them out. Until finally somebody comes in and you're like, sorry, it's been two weeks ago. And then they're like, well, my friend came and got the prize yesterday. And then you have to give them just something from the drawer. <laughs> five, pa five paper clips, you know, your autograph, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. That's that thing where there's no takebacks. Once you've said yes, you can't say exactly. no. Exactly. Just, just desperation. Um, middle of page 59. I kind of like the top of page 59. Everybody always wants to do their community service, their court-ordered community service at the <laughs> library. And it's like, like I'd, I, would, I would go to my boss and I'd be like, hey, I got this guy who wants to do court-ordered. No! Court-ordered. No, that's it. I don't even get it out. Court-ordered. No! And I'm like, he seems like a really good guy. I'm sure he just made up. No! <laughs> Hadn't caught the fever of changing lives through books. Yeah. It's not one of those stash of liberty, send us your poor, your destitute, your, your ex-felon. We've already got enough of those, you know. <laughs> They're already out. there. Turns out. They're passed out. Tamara does Aikido. This is, this is a little of me channeling myself, because I did Aikido for many years, but also it, it turns out to be a nice personality point for Tamara, because we, there's a nice juxtaposition between her super sweet, can't say no, mm. exterior, and then her core of steel. So we see it once in a while, I like that. All right. Uh, 60. 60 is the, uh, the, the personal coach, right? Yeah. The personal coach for Dewey, trying to get him up for book talks. Was this is this based on something? Is this... It is kind of, but I'm, I'm reluctant to say what it's based okay. on. Okay, it's based on something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like if you've ever been through like one of those assertiveness seminars where they're trying to teach you how to talk, right? Not take any prisoners. Give your best pitch. It's kind of based on experience I had around that. Let's say, um, but it's just insane because you're, you know. It, I love how specific this guy is. Uh -huh. He's he's there for the book talks. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna help. He's the him. book talk coach. He is the book. He's talk the book talk coach. whisperer. He's just he's just kind of insane. Book talker whisperer. Middle of page sixty one. This is my wife. 
who is who is jealous of the personal coaching session. She she wants nothing more than for someone to point out her every detail God. and how to correct. What is wrong, Sarah? <laughs> I, I love her with all my heart. She's just built differently than I am. Oh. And 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 God bless those differences. Gooey center. Uh, Bottom of sixty one. I like the gooey center. Thanks. thanks. So you like that. the gooey center? I like that we don't know what it is. That's nice. Yeah, that's nice. I love when people say things like the guy on 50, uh, sorry, we're on 62 now. The stupidest question? Stupidest question. I'm going to ask you the stupidest question I've heard all day. You're not even going to be close, buddy. <laughs> that's a, I think I said that to a guy once. He was very concerned. The bar is pretty high on that one. Yeah. No lie. Beanbags. Didn't you have beanbags? We had beanbags. We got beanbags. Oh, what a good day that was for that that giant homeless guy I tell yeah. I talk about in the in the surviving the public talk. Yeah. Who just he decided the library had made his own personal recreational site back in the teen area. All yeah, the, and he burrowed underneath. Well he eventually burrowed underneath. He would he, the, the bigger problem was him laying on top. Oh yeah. And just passing out. Well passing out with his arms outstretched and his legs outstretched. So the, kids, the, entire the kids had to like, you know, trip over him to get to the YA fiction. It was, nice. it was good times, good times. Yep. Nice uh, nice classic Star Trek uniforms there. It's on one of my 63, favorite page one 63. of my favorite strips actually. To like the state. The Horta? Yeah. I like how we start off with the narration and then we pull back and we see who's talking. Yeah, people really like that one. Good people, people with excellent taste like that one. Yeah, okay. 64. Oh, there's a class, classic. The, uh, the Daughter's a Reader strip on the top. Yes. There's a, there is a term for children who read too much. It is hyperlexia. People, people who read too much. Hyperlexia. Hyperlexia. What, what does that mean? It means too much reading. Excessive reading. Is that a problem? Look, ever there's a there's a term for everything, and it, whether it's a problem or not is up to you. <laughs> Why is friend. too much reading a problem? I don't know. I mean, I guess if literally you did nothing but read all day and, and forsook human contact and didn't eat and didn't go out and exercise and eventually withered away, it is sounds that, good to you, doesn't is it? Is that a problem? Yeah, it does. Okay. Probably anything to excess is not good. Yeah, yeah. I just I I remember I, I, I tell a story about this too, and uh, which, which talk is that? Oh, it's in it's in funny thing, right? Yeah the kind of soccer moms who would come in to try to get me to get their kids to stop reading so they would go play sports. Insanity. Insanity. Yep. They're here to, here to wither away. And they're asking also the, really the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like... <laughs> if I couldn't figure out myself as a child how to go play sports. I think there's an athletic sure. librarian somewhere in the state. <laughs> an athletic can, librarian? Let me see if I can find him for you. <laughs> oh, you mean a librarian who is athletic? Yes. yes. Well, who, who, who likes sports more than they like books? Let, yes. me, let me find them. We have a specialist for you. Uh, and I really, I, I, I'm very fond of this next sequence where the catalog goes down and, and Colleen's the only one who's functional. Colleen has superpowers on she has, uh, 65. She has memorized the Dewey Decimal System and where every book is. And... I remember I just read Bellwether by Connie Willis, which is, it, it's it's this book by Connie Willis. It's, um, I love that book. What is the main plot of it? I can't remember the plot. Oh, I can't, look, Connie Willis' books are not really about the plot. I remember there's, she's a scientist, the, the main character is a scientist of some kind. and uh, We're studying sheep or something. Sheep, yeah, but the reason the reason she's the reason this book is famous in libraries is she does this thing where she goes into the library and checks out all of her favorite oh, books yeah. on a regular schedule. Yes, because she understands the whole reading process, right. and that if books are checked she's out, she's checking once out classics year, and things she loves. The library really won't throw them books. away. That is the other ridiculous thing about reading, right? <laughs> if it's been checked out in a given year, they assume it's been read in a given year, which. But yeah, and I seems think I, unless I'm mistaken, I think that's a, a Nancy Pearl favorite as well. Bellwether. I think so. Either that or she hates it. It's one of the two. I just remember her talking. I, I believe about it. it's love. I, okay. We all have mad love for uh, Connie Willis and Nancy Pearl. Okay. What was the What was the Connie Willis book we did the book talk of that it ended up in the magazine of fantasy and science fiction? 
or what it was called? Uh, I can't remember which one it was. It was about it was about like the ghost of H.L. H.L. Mencken coming back and uh, yeah. haunting I, someone. I, I, yeah, it was a great book. I like that book. I'm gonna go find it in my house now. I right. read it. It's a novella. Um, she has she has and you and actually now that we mentioned it. Um, we talked in the last time about strips where characters are kind of talking past each other and it's kind of fast-paced dialogue and there's two or three conversations going on at once and that's very Connie Willis and I think I've been kind of trying to channel that at the time. Hmm. All right. What page 66. Okay. There's Dewey doing The Thinker. The Thinker. He, that's, not the, that's not the last time he'll do The Thinker. It's a no. fun pose. I went to that. I went to the Rodin Museum in Paris. Yeah. Saw The Thinker but then I, I found out that like you know, when they make statues out of metal, they make more than one. Right. There There's thinkers everywhere. There isn't uh, the thinker. Yeah. That's yeah. really disappointing. Like, what, Is there like a one out of, you know, 25 or something? I don't know. I don't or know if they know which one is first or not. It's like, this is an early cast. It's like, well, I don't want an early cast. I want the early cast, man. Like, but they don't, they don't keep the plaster? That guy really couldn't do skin very well, or his models were just like dripping with goo. <laughs> very strange. He's not very good at, at casting. No, metal. I just, the whole place was boring it's on a great street and it's like behind this wall and I remember I had a falafel before I went there <laughs> I don't know <laughs> but there were drawings upstairs that were like amazing drawings that in his house like we're in Rodin's house like why am I in Rodin's house looking at drawings on the wall I have no idea what's going on 67 uh, 67 67 oh uh, parents doing their kids homework oh, look yeah. at that how do you integrate a parable? that is that is actually just impossible for me to understand but I guess it's a thing parents doing their kids homework yeah yeah, I just like to watch them cry. I don't think they understand what the point is. The homework? Yeah. It's to get a hundred bill. Okay. You don't understand? Well, you don't understand what now I understand. <laughs> My kids do not clearly understand the concept of homework. We're homeschooled, and we don't, they do not clearly understand the concept of home, homework. What they basically get, and I can't really disagree with this, is there's no learning that's actually going on at school, and so the, like, the, the teachers send work home, so you'll learn it then. That's, yeah, that's not quite right. Okay. I think there's some just to give them something to do. I hope so. All I hope right. there's learning going on at school. I think it's to I think it's to reinforce. But okay. I don't know. Uh, I did. I didn't have a really good answer for it. I never did my homework in school, so I'm not the right person to ask. Sixty-eight. You never did your homework in school. No. What do you mean? Well, I just didn't. You just didn't do homework ever. I hardly ever did. Really? Yeah. I, I pretty much had it done before I left school, so I never had homework either. But no, I just yeah. mostly I did as little as possible. Wow. I skated by. Really? Yeah. What, were, what was your grade point in uh, high school? I don't know. Guess. Was it? Did you have a B average? Did you have a C average? Oh no, I probably had. I mean, I probably had like an A minus or something. Well, how did you get an A minus without doing any homework? I tested really well. That's it. I'm really good at testing. Wow. All right. Lucky you. Yep. You want to test me on it? You want to quiz me on my testing? Uh, 18th president of the United States. There was no 18th. They actually skipped directly from. <laughs> 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 Like you just gotta sell it. <laughs> I wish I had a picture of the look on your face when he said that. You just gotta sell <laughs> that it. That was great. You know, you know what made that was the the, the green cow on your shirt. <laughs> the green cow is just like the. Best. It's from Ben and Jerry's. Is it? Yeah. Uh, okay. We went to the we went to the Ben and Jerry's uh, factory in, in Westbury, Vermont, when we were on our uh, RV trip, and that was the one day a year that nobody was working. What? They had closed the place down, and everybody had gone to do community service somewhere, like build a house or something, and so that the factory was empty. They still had tours. Oh. Uh, we hadn't like call ahead or anything. So somebody was working. Somebody it was, was open. Somebody's giving you a tour. That was, but nobody working in the actual factory. And so they showed videos of people working. You can see the factory. And it was still fairly interesting, but it was lacking the. Oh. So that was some excellent timing. You can't get them all right. So page sixty-eight, middle of page sixty-eight. 
what did I want to say about that? Oh, I still just love the, I still just love, the, I'm going to read it aloud now. I hereby abdicate my homework responsibilities because I anticipate pursuing a career in the exhilarating and high-paid world of fast food preparation and delivery. But you cashed money that I wrote that in particular. I think it was me editing you. I think that's right. why I came through so clearly. Okay. I like, I like 68 on the bottom. Yes. <laughs> that's a nice sort of cheesy grin by Dewey. That, that's a rare sort of... Uh, Teeth. Very toothy. Very toothy. Like, like he's actually a little embarrassed by that, and he's kind of, <laughs> just imagine how long this would be if we didn't have the internet. It's, it's rare for him. So uh, I just have to, to accept that the top of page 69, the middle panel, is not good. Like, I didn't get the perspective right. It's okay. It's okay. It's not good. The, uh, the books are sticking out too far. You shouldn't see the guy's feet. There's just a lot that's wrong. It's good, Bill. Don't worry about it. Uh-huh. You can't knock it out of the park the whole, all the time. In 669, the, uh, they're fi they find an underserved population. Oh, the in their people. service area. It's very exciting for, for the manager. Woohoo! Underserved population! Woo! And, and really, there's there's kind of a brilliant strip. Then it goes top, to page 70. Yeah, the top of page 70 is just a brilliant, brilliant strip. You like that one? I do. I love how the tweet's talking about the refugees from relentless religious persecution. Mel's just in her own little world going, marvelous, marvelous. I bet, I bet, I bet libraries all across the country are vying for the Syrian refugees right now. Dewey says, yes, it's always great to see a people driven from its homeland by hatred and intolerance. I remember, I remember, like just the crazy levels, like that libraries go to, to find to find people they aren't serving, like especially in areas where they're serving like ninety plus percent of the people. Yeah. it's really hard to find that last ten percent. Where do you where yeah. do you dig like for? Like the it? last percent is people who don't want to be served, but we'll figure it out. We're gonna get them to get books. Can we get the police to arrest them? Who right are now? they? What language do we need to talk? It turns out it's Elvish. If you do we have to Elvish. pay them cash? We will pay them cash to come into the library. I think probably for the best, it's best that I didn't try to draw the uh, mud huts. On page 71? Well, we, we refer to it in, in page 70. Would you mm -hmm. like to sit in the straw? There's real mud underneath. Like, she's trying so hard to create a comfortable environment for them, and they're so happy to not be living in mud huts. Yes. Yes, they are. Page 71. Oh, the introduction of Kathy. I think this is the first time we see her. We've seen No, we've seen her before. Really? Yeah, we, have, yeah, we, we talked about it last time. Right, well, I remember Merv and his... No, she was. Buddy, talking about it, so, so okay. No, she she'd come into the library. Oh, okay. But this is this is her kind of like, overtly hitting on Dewey. Yeah, she's totally hitting. on I Dewey. love that you could book talk to me anytime. Yep, that's nice. And uh, and Dewey resists. He does resist. Dewey resists. She doesn't feel she's the right girl. And a lot of people are like, oh, so Dewey's gay. We're on page seventy-two now. We are on page seventy-two. People people were like really excited to find out that Dewey's gay, and I'm like, I'm not saying he is or he isn't, but just because he's not interested in a woman who's hitting on him doesn't automatically make him gay. This was my my fantasy that like like like. A woman would hit on me. Number one. Uh huh. That, but it's good to have dreams. But that she, you know, you know, like 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 that. I could I could kind of somehow couch the whole thing. I could resist based on my geekiness, right? Based uh -huh. on my geekiness. Why 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 would your fantasy be the woman would hit on you and then you'd resist? Isn't that isn't that everybody's fantasy? <laughs> I'm getting that look from you again. It's the it's the green cow. Yeah. Uh, I don't get. Sometimes I don't get you. No. No. no was, uh, you okay. Know, it just it just didn't happen, man. And then it's a nice moment at the bottom of page seventy-two where Tamara makes a pop culture reference, and Dewey's like, she's like, "Hey, nice pop culture reference," and she says, "Thanks, but I'm busy tonight." That's nice. Yeah. This brings to mind like like uh, after I asked asked my wife Silver to marry me, the next day. We're in Korea. We're we're I'm, I'm there on vacation, and uh, we've we've agreed to get married, and and. We go back to her apartment and I make her watch Star Wars and she falls asleep during Star Wars. And that's how you knew she was the one for you? And I marry her anyway. That's wow. how much I loved her. That's, that's how the, much you love her. That's when I knew I that loved her. That was the actual test. That's when I knew the I loved her. The test was not her watching Star Wars. I was like, wait a minute. It was you watching her fall asleep. You're asleep? 
I, I mean, I, I don't want to like lose your friendship right now, but we all just watched Star Wars the other day, and it's it's not as good a movie as I thought it was. That's hateful. That's hateful. We'll, we'll watch Empire, and I'm that's pretty sure Empire will that, redeem it. That's just hateful. That's yeah. just hate. No, no, Star Wars. Star Wars is not is not the best of the movies, but it's like, it's the fun jaunty thing that reminds you that you were a kid. It right? is, but but it is not um, it's not the best made movie. No, it's not. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm not arguing. And I'm not even talking about like modern special effects or anything. It's just. There's lots of bad acting and lots of sort of broken moments in it and stuff. And I've memorized every word. And so for a long time, it was just, I couldn't even see it clearly. It's kind of like eating the comfort food of my childhood. Mm. Like maybe it's not good, but I can't even taste it really. But now I can taste Star Wars and, and taste that. You can taste Star Wars. Can. Yeah. That's just wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Are we in? Oh, 73? We're going to talk about 73. Okay. The middle, oh, the middle right. strip on 73. <laughs> Like I think we I think we'd seen that Penny Arcade strip about. So it's not actually a strip. It was there. They did a podcast. Oh, did they, they a podcast? Would, where they would record them uh, doing their creative process. They would record themselves oh, writing a oh, strip. Oh, right, right, right. And, right. and I, I only listened to maybe one or two of these. It was fantastic. They were. It was really good. And um, in one of them, they're talking. And Gabe just sort of says this thing. You know how, um, you know, people only use ten percent of their brains. I only use ten percent of my penis. Right. And they laugh at that. Doesn't go into a strip. They move on. Gabe. Yeah, oh, you use, the you, you use the characters' names. I do. Because it's... Yes, you're right. I'm using the characters' name. So... Uh, Mike says that to Jerry, I think, right? Or does... Right. Yeah, okay. So Mike says that to Jerry, and, and then they just move on. It's just sort of this drop line. But I remembered. I always thought it was one of the funniest things I ever heard. <laughs> so then, then, like, the next year, I was, uh, I, I was emceeing a, uh, a panel. I was... What do you call a panel? You moderate. I was moderating a panel at Comic-Con uh, about webcomics, and they were both there. And I made a reference to this, and I'm like... I just sort of made some comment about listening to your story, and like, you know that really funny joke about 10% in your brain, they both looked at me blankly. So right. then I repeat the joke, and they both look at me blankly, like, what are you talking about? So I'll never forget looking like an idiot on stage. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying I wasn't an idiot, but I, I, maybe I just felt it at that moment. Nice, and now, now we're repeating now we're repeating the mistake. Wholeheartedly. It's still a really funny joke. All right, so we ended on page 73. We'll see you next time. Bye.